Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bernie's Bums. I'm your host, Olivia. I got Ryan with me today, and we're just going to roll with it. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. I shouldn't be up this early, but here I am. You know, Olivia lives the luxury life of getting to wake up whenever she wants. Apparently, she doesn't work a real job. I don't know what she does, but most of us I know have to wake up, eh, Pretty early for work, so, you know, I've been up and kicking since 7.30. I'm ready to go. See, though, I'm in the middle of training for a new position at my job, so I haven't had to work a weekend in, like, two or three weeks. New, and so I have been able to wake new up. New position? At, yeah. What's that all about? Got a promotion. Okay. You know? What's good? <laughs> I was promoted. <laughs> all right. So, like, I don't know, probably a couple months ago I was promoted, right, to a manager position. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, they gave me, like, a 15-cent raise, and then I promptly, in two weeks, demoted myself. <laughs> I said, I said, you know what? For 15 cents? No, I'm good. I said, I'm good. I, I, I just like to show up and leave, and I'm not trying to have bosses breathing down my neck. I'm good. <laughs> That's a mood. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Real winner over here. Hey, do what you got to do, man. At least it was you saying that you didn't want to do it and not someone else saying, like, you suck Well, and everybody's like, oh, you just couldn't handle it? I'm like, no, I don't think that's it. I think it's I didn't want to handle it. Right. Like, (laughs) obviously, I was promoted, so I could. Yes, I could handle it. But unlike you, a 15-cent raise isn't going to do it for me. You know, it just, it wasn't hitting it for you. That's all right. Exactly. So, Brewer Talk, here we go. Uh, November 21st, and you know, it's off-season time. It's the, it's the off-season, <laughs> that's all we can say. Um, The first thing in news we have, I don't, I'm not sure we talked about it. I'm sure, we, obviously we've talked about Devin Williams, but I'm not sure we've talked about it officially, but he has officially been awarded the 2020 NL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so if I if I remember correctly, our last episode came out after he won Reliever of the Year. Oh, that's and then, true. Yeah, what was it? Two weeks, one or two weeks ago, he was named Rookie of the Year. It was last week. Still so happy for him. It's awesome. I mean, I, yeah. and what's funny is online, it's either people think that he didn't deserve it at all, or people are are or people understand and are like, yes, this guy had one of the best seasons a reliever has ever had. Or you get a couple of people of like, who is he? Saw so those. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was only a sixty-game season, but he still had one of the best seasons ever by a relief ever. pitcher. Yeah, he. Yeah, we've talked about it all the time. What he did was incredible, and it, there's really no words to describe the it. The only other player I could have seen winning it for the NL was Alec Bohm from the Phillies, but. Alec Bohm. That's who I thought was going to win. Who? I thought, what? what's his name with the really confusing last name? I thought he was going to Crow- win. Crowenworth? Yeah, I thought he was going to win. I didn't think there was a way that Devin Williams would win. No, I, I thought Bohm was going to win it. And if Bohm won it, I, I would understand. But Bohm had a very nice season, right? He had a very good season. But it wasn't historic the way Devin Williams was. Right. And I think that was the kind of the breaking point in between the selections. 
And he and Devin won by a pretty big margin. Yeah, I mean, I think he set a record for the highest strikeout percentage from a pitcher with at least 20 innings pitched, something like that. I can't remember the exact stat. But basically, he struck out like 53% of the batters that he faced. (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) Yes, everybody. (laughs) Uh, He was so fun to watch. I miss it already, man. And here's a question I have for you. If Corbin Burns would have been eligible for the Cy Young, do you think he could have beaten out Trevor Bauer, who won the NL's award? I, that's a that's a tough one. I'm going to go with a no. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I and I and I love Corbin Burns, like love him. But I just think with Trevor Bauer and the amount of media that was around him being the year before he hits free agency and how dominant he truly was. I mean, shout out to him. He had a fantastic season. I just don't think it would have been enough um, for Corbin Burns to take him over. Yeah, I think the deciding factor probably would have been like innings pitched or something like that. But, I mean, I'm going through the numbers right now if you want to look at them. Um, Trevor Bauer started 11 games while Corbin Burns started 9. Um, Trevor Bauer had a 1.73 ERA, while Corbin Burns had a 2.11. Uh, Corbin Burns pitched 59 innings and struck out 88, while Trevor Bauer pitched 73 innings and struck out 100. So, I, I don't think he would have had it in him, but it definitely would have been fun to see Corbin Burns listed as a finalist. Yeah, it would have been cool to like see him. You know how they all like bring him in for a video chat and like all three of them are on the screen, like all three finalists. It would have been cool to see Corbin burn up there. Right. With- and it makes a difference that Trevor Bauer threw two complete game shutouts this year and Corbin Burns didn't even get one complete game. So, you know, things like that make a difference, but it's still, still fun to see. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, he had a, Trevor Bauer had a truly dominant season, whether you like him or not. He put together a great season, and it was definitely well-deserved, I think, on his end. Agreed. But moving on, Olivia. This was a segment that I think you just want to take control over. (laughs) We were going over what we were going to talk about before we started recording. Uh, Ryan made sure to point out what segments were mine and that he was going to shut up during (laughs) What segments were hit, aka I get all the boring A lot of the things is, I don't want to pretend that I know what's going on, especially our next segment, staff shuffling. I I know like three coaches on the team. Like, I'm not (laughs) trying to pretend that I know all these guys that she's going to talk about. I'll just go over it quick. It wasn't meant to be in. I I will let you know when I know the person that you're talking about. Okay, I'll I'll go bullet by bullet point here. We'll go over this quick. We'll just get it out there. <laughs> Ed Cedar, I'm praying you know. I know who him. Ed Cedar is. There we go. There we go. Uh, will no longer be the third base coach. He will hold advisory advisory advisory. That's English. Role um on the team. Didn't really say much else than that. I don't know if he'll be in the clubhouse. I don't know if he'll be in the dugout. I don't know if he'll be upstairs in the front office. We don't know. Basically, Moving it on. sounds like he's going to get paid to be the fun guy. Right. No, that's exactly what it sounds like. Let's go. And have, like, no pressure whatsoever. Yep. Big fan of Ed Cedar. Big fan. Love Eddie. 
Um, Jason Lane will stay as a base coach, but will no longer be assistant hitting coach. I know Jason Lane. Woo. He's got the long hair. You do. No. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't have long hair. Oh, who was that base coach that we had that had the long hair? <laughs> that was the guy. Carlos, Carlos Rivero. He wasn't even a coach last All year. All right, well, that guy's still in my brain, so. <laughs> I thought Jason Lane was like a country singer. <laughs> or is that Chris Lane? <laughs> I don't know. I don't listen to country music. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, former player Quentin Barry will be added to the staff as a base coach. Uh, it, they didn't say who was going to be third, who was going to be first, but good for Quentin Barry. He played with us in 2018. Don't remember. I, I don't know if you. He, yeah, figured he did it well. Good for good for Quentin. <laughs> Moving along, hitting coach Andy Haynes, pitching coach. There we go. Pitching coach Chris nope. Huck. Do you know him? No, nope, that's unfortunate. Bullpen coach Steve Carsey, I doubt you know him. Nope. Yep. And Pat Murphy, the bench coach. I still think Jeez. Robin Young's their bench coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that that was a thing. I, I have no I'm just gonna move on from that. And sit an associate pitching, catching, and strategy coach. Walker McKinden uh, will all be returning you, in their rightful position. You cannot pretend that you know Walker McKinden. I actually do, and he has my dream job. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. The next, the next bullet point. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Uh, so, baseball operations president David Stearns has handed the GM responsibilities to former assistant GM Matt Arnold. So I know that was news. I know who David Stearns is. There we go. Do you know who Matt Arnold is? Never oh, heard God. that name. He's been with the Brewers since 2015. Okay. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, Matt Arnold will also hold baseball operations vice president, and this comes after the Mets were denied their request to interview Stearns for their open job, and Matt Arnold has also been interviewed multiple times uh, for numerous GM jobs Whoa. during... Get off our guys! Yeah. yeah, I told... That's why I was shocked, because this is, like, Matt Arnold's really smart. He's really good at his job. Oh, good. Yeah. That's why we so, never have corner infielders. Well, now we might with Matt Arnold. Oh, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Another segment I'm going to be taking. Oh, this one is tough. <laughs> this one is. <laughs> this one's basically like I. We're going to be talking about Rule Five Draft, and that's just a term <laughs> to me. Well, good for you because we're going to learn about it today. Yay. I've been thinking, I've been really thinking that we should add an Olivia lesson segment to every episode. You know, last, last episode we talked about arbitration and we talked about all the nitty gritty of that. And this week we can talk about the rule five draft. You know how much, isn't that just exciting? Do you know how much I remember about the arbitration talk? I'm going to go with nothing, but I said it and I did my job as a co-host of the podcast to Educate my other co-host. All right, let's do so this. I did my let's job. just get right into the rule five. 
So you know who this first person is, Mario Feliciano. Yes, I know him. There we go. So catcher Mario Feliciano, uh, right-handed pitcher Alec Bettinger, and right-handed pitcher Dylan File have all been placed on the 40-man roster, protecting them from the Rule 5 draft. Yay! That's good. Uh, for those of you, because I know Ryan doesn't know who they are, Alec Bettinger and Dylan File um, are both two really sound pitchers in our system. They have both. They haven't reached the AAA level yet, but they're super close to being on a major league roster. They're just sound pitchers, um, great control, just kind of really stud pitchers, um, kind of middle of the line. So, context. A good thing that we have them. Yep, and our 40-man roster right now stands at 39, and notable players kept off the 40-man. You know, I really hope you know these two because they have been on our podcast. <laughs> yes, I... <laughs> they, have, they have spoke with us, so please. Peyton Henry and Zach Brown. I like both of them. both left. I like them both. There we go. Very nice guys. <laughs> Nothing but great They will be Hall of Famers. Bold prediction. <laughs> they, have both, they have both been kept off the 40-man roster. Uh, again, for some context, Zach Brown was left exposed last year, um, and it's still the Brewers. And so, some questions. Wait, you probably not asked. No, what? I have one. So, if they were left out the 40-man, does that mean another team can pick them up? That's exactly what we're just about to talk about, Ryan. <sighs> I'm pissed that the way I asked that question led right into that. <laughs> I'm thrilled. No, I'm pissed. Because it, it makes you sound interesting. Give me a short answer, though, right now. To ease my mind. Yes. It means this? Yes. Well, yes. I'll be pissed. But I'll, tell you, but, it, but I'll tell you why it's not that big of a deal. Please, Kay. please enlighten we're, me. We're going to have a learning opportunity here. Okay. So to start off with the basics. Team with spots left on the 40-man roster. So the Brewers are at 39 right now can pick players from other teams who are not on their 40-man roster. So we can go pick a Cubs prospect who is not on their 40-man roster right now. Got it? Great. Love that. Not all teams will make selections, however, because each player costs $100,000 to the team that he was selected from. So if we picked a guy from the Cubs, we pay the Cubs $100,000. Got it? Good. Are we all on the same track here? I'm, I'm following. There we go. All right. Players who were drafted or signed when they were 18 years or younger must be added to their team's 40-man roster within five seasons. So unless they haven't done that, they are eligible for the five uh, Rule 5 draft. So Peyton Henry, I don't know. He was signed. Uh, he was out of high school. I don't know if he was 18 or 19. But anyway, he has been eligible. The four or five seasons have passed. And or players who were drafted or signed it, drafted or signed um, at 19 or older need to be added within four seasons. Okay. Okay. Fun. That was a little that was a little tricky, but we were, are we following? No, I think I got it. Okay. Great. So the player who was drafted from the Rule Five draft will automatically be added to their new club's 26 man roster and must stay on there for a year. Now, this is important because this is where we bring back players like Peyton Henry and Zach Brown. So, with the Rule 5 draft is basically picking players that are MLB ready. The reason why Mario Feliciano was picked over Peyton Henry is because he is farther along in his minor league career and development, making him more 
um, would be more likely uh, to get picked up from another team. Right. Right. Because these players will be added to that 26 man roster, like the active roster right away and must stay on there. For oh, so that's why a lot of times with rule five, like players don't get picked up. Exactly. Because then and they're so, that's, four, so then basically if a team doesn't love a guy, they're still stuck with them for the whole year. Exactly. Oh. Unless they do. Yep. So that's why guys like Peyton Henry, it's like his chances are fairly slim considering he hasn't caught above double A. Yeah. So they probably won't. Cause then if they pick him up and he's on the MLB roster for a year. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, I basically, I said he's going to be a hall of famer. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I would pick him up. <laughs> All right. Um, and, and then you say, well, what if you don't want them on their 26-man anymore? They must then put them through waivers, like any other player who is outright designated for assignment. And at that point, the original team who he was a part of has a chance to pick up that player. And if that were to happen, the team who drafted them then owes the team who picked him up $50,000. Okay. Sounds good. Yep. I actually and I understood and that. And then if the player, yay! And then if the player passes through waivers, the same team can pick them up and stick them in their minor league system. Sure. That's the rule five draft in about six bullet points for you guys. So what do you think? We're probably none of our players are leaving, and we're probably not picking up anybody else's players. Well, I mean, we kept a spot open, so there's always a chance. We've actually, I can't. I don't know if you'll ever remember this name. You probably won't, so I don't know why I'm bringing it up. But here I am bringing it up. If you remember a pitcher by the name of Wee Wang Chung. Oh, I remember it. Yep. Do you? Yes. It's, oh, wait, okay, perfect. Wait, we're talking random brewer players? Yes, I know them. Okay, great. So if you remember him, I believe he was picked up in the Rule 5 draft. Yeah, and then he was horrible. I, so I'm thinking this is, what, 24? 14 or 15? Yeah, it was a while ago. One it might have two. even been longer ago than that. I think it was 14 that it was his first season. Anyway, so we picked him up in the Rule 5 draft, I'm pretty sure. And um, he pitched, I think, like one or two outings. And we were like, yeah, okay, we don't want this guy anymore. But we were like, we don't want to send him through waivers because he has potential. <laughs> yeah. This is where teams get smart. They say, oh, hey there, Wee Wang Chung, doesn't your shoulder hurt a little bit? And then he responds, well, yes, it does. That way he goes on <laughs> the 60-day <laughs> 60. DL. And um, that way a roster spot opens up. So he still technically is on the team, no, except he had an injury. Yeah. No, I remember so, him because I remember that he was not pitching well and they would literally only throw him in blowout games. Yep. And then he had a shoulder injury. That came about, that, and he couldn't pitch the rest of the season. That's awesome. Yep. Tough, but hey. See, that's why I feel like a lot of teams probably try to stray away from the Rule 5. Yeah, and it's and like I said, it's only for players who are really made major league ready. That's why, especially those two pitchers, Alec Bettinger and Dylan File, we made sure to put on the 40-man because... I can almost guarantee you that in 2021, one of them will make an appearance Zach Brown, uh, Zach later Brown, in the season. Zach Brown's an interesting one, though, because he seems pretty close. I was actually shocked he was ready. left exposed. I was going to say, like... I was 
pretty shocked, actually. He seems like a pitcher that very well could be picked up from another team. Yeah, I was scared he was going to be picked up last year, and thankfully he wasn't. But he is one guy this year where it's like, he might be getting picked up. Oh, come on. But, like, we like him. I know we do. He's a Hall of Famer. Great guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Hall of Famer. Yep. He's like... Yeah, I know. I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of, like, a Roger Clemens, Pedro Martinez mix. Oh. Oh, for sure. Right. Maybe a mix. What do you think? Like, Maybe. he's, like, the right-handed Randy Johnson? I don't know. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Six, ten. But, like, better. But, like, better. Well, yeah. Because he's on the show. He's Zach Brown, right? Yes, he's Zach Brown. He's named after a country music band. Exactly. Wouldn't it be crazy, though, that if all these prospects who come on our show, like, end up being, like, these incredible players? Yes. Do we have some mojo? Can yes. we take credit for that? That's exactly what we right. do. We advertise Perfect. ourselves as the <laughs> magic potion for these players to become Hall of Famers. Perfect. Yeah, or Great. players that want to rejuvenate their careers. So, like, <gasps> that'd be pretty cool. Oh. So, like, Ryan Braun comes on the show, and then he's got ten more years. <laughs> <laughs> no injury-free. I mean, if our superpowers stretch that far... Yeah, we're yeah. talking to Barry Bonds. <laughs> name our name will get out there. Our name will get out there. All right, the next segment's all you, buddy. I don't even know. I don't have the notes up right now. <laughs> it's the. No, I'm just kidding. So it's transactions. We're talking transactions. Woo! The biggest one surrounding the Brewers. The biggest player. That is always getting thrown in the trade rumors. You know him. You love him. Josh Hader. <laughs> you like that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a commercial. You know him. You love him. <laughs> Right-hander. No, left-hander. <laughs> Out of the back it's end. Like of, ass- <laughs> back end of the bullpen. Number 71, Josh Hader. Like an ass seat on TV commercial. But anyways, <laughs> for just four small payments of <laughs> four small payments of five million dollars, and you can have Josh Hader. <laughs> and also your whole entire roster, by the way. Anyways, mo- the reason why Josh Hader is getting thrown around in a lot of trade talk, and he will for the whole entire season, is because after this year, pretty sure his contract's up, and the Brewers are not going to resign. I mean, there's always Actually, a chance that they could, but the Brewers aren't going to spend that money. I don't know if it's after this season or the next season. Please, I'm hold. almost positive it's this season, because why would we consider trading them then? Well, I've talked about this before, and I know why. Because they have a ticking time bomb on him right now. I don't, what is a ticking time Are they waiting until he blows up? They're waiting pretty much just right before. Okay. And this is nothing against Josh Hader. Yeah, it sounds like a lot against Josh Hader. But when there are very, 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 very few closers, uh, relievers like Josh Hader who last in the league longer than five years. Very few. No, you do have a point. And so right now, the Brewers baseball ops team has basically a ticking time bomb on when they predict he will potentially fall apart in complete and plain terms. So the trick is to trade him 
right before that time. That way, we look like magicians. Anyway, he is a free agent in 2024. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. His service time is three. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, so we just have him and, like, we just don't want him anymore now? <laughs> Again, it's a ticking time bomb. Yeah, but as of right now, he's only pitched three seasons. Yeah. Olivia, maybe four. Yep. I think he's at four. Yeah, well, his service time is 3.115, so he came up, what was it, the end of the 2018 season? No, 2017? Yeah, 2017, because he won reliever of the year in 2018, 2019. Yep, it was 2017. He came in and pitched 35 games. And may I add, did a fantastic job. Well, yeah, he's Josh Hader. He's Josh Hader, right. But anyways, some teams that are interested in Hader include... But are not limited to the Braves, Dodgers, <laughs> Mets, Phillies, Padres, and Blue Jays. They've all been named as potential landing spots. What kind of return would you see for a Josh Hader? If I, if I, I was about to say if I were David Stearns, but now it's Matt Arnold, thanks to my news section a couple sections ago. You're welcome. If I was Matt Arnold and I'm looking, and of course the Brewers have always. One thing about them is they're always like, yeah, we'll hear offers. They've never been like, we're never going to hear offers for this player. They're always open. To like, they always hear stuff. If I was Matt Arnold in his spot right now, I am looking, if I'm going to trade my star reliever, Josh Hader, away, there better be some damn good prospects. Like, I'm talking top 10 in some major league, like, talent guys. Like, guys who like maybe played a year up in the league well yeah like there better be some club control there better be some like top 10 prospects there better be like players who are extremely highly rated and played last year and just completely blew things out of the water so they're not just giving them away oh no no way (laughs) no oh we don't do that no we'll make sure we get what do you think two probably two prospects two high-end prospects low-end prospect, maybe, like, one MLB-ready player? Yeah, so all of, like, the potential trade packages that I've seen have all been between four and five players as a return. You know, some of these better teams that just need that extra bullpen help will give away the house for a player that they think can make them World Series contenders. Yeah. I mean, you see it every year at the trade deadline. People do it all the time. And that's why I am a firm believer... That if and when Josh Hader gets traded, it will be a trade deadline move. Yeah, I agree with that. When a team gets desperate. I, yep, they always pay more than it's worth. And Josh Hader's worth a lot. Yeah, he's still, I mean, led the league and saved last year. Two-time reliever of the year. I mean, he's still very good. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's still really probably good. Probably, I would. I don't know, top five reliever in the league. I love how we've been talking about him this whole segment, like as if he as if he's like completely dried up when he's not. He's washed, <laughs> like, right? Like we're acting as though he has been complete he shit has like the a, last few He has years. like a career ERA under two five, like Right. Still and he's it still striking out yeah. damn near every player he faces. Right. We're just used to, I mean, honestly, like even his bad games are some pitcher's goal games to have. It's, well, yeah, it's, his it's stupid. It usually his bad games is when he's given up like clutch 
you know, he'll go up like a clutch home run. No, or it's the home run. But that's any yeah. older. I mean. Right. And he just, he needed to find that slider. And thankfully he did, because if he did not start throwing that slider this year, I would have had issues. But now with Devin Williams, I don't, I really, I don't think I want to see Hater go this season, right? Because I want to see. I don't either. I want to see a full year of Devin Williams and Josh Hader together, like a full 162. Uh, I just want to see. And with Corey Knable just sprinkled man, in there. Okay, Ooh. Corey Knable. Uh, I love Corey. Yep, 2017, Corey. He's had some up and ups and downs, but he's also had some very awful. Injuries. Well, yeah, his injuries suck, but that I mean that factors into a player's. I don't know. Right, but before the injuries, he was doing great. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I I mean, yes, he was very good before the injuries. Right, um, and he was good this year. Uh, good. Yeah, okay, he had he, good he, moments. Okay, and also he just came back from Tommy John, and it's exactly what you expected okay, his struggles would but, be. So, yeah, but, give him an off-season and a spring training, and he'll be good to go. All right, I'm counting on that. Yeah. He's like 30 now. I mean, he's getting a little bit older. How old is he? I don't, know. I don't even 52. know. 52. He's been on the team. What? He's on the team when John Axford was on the team. Oh, oh, my gosh. What a name. What a blast from the past. Sweet mustache. Oh, it was great. Axford had like three, two, two or three elite seasons. Corey Knable is 28 years oh. old. Oh, all right, people. all right. He's... For the people in the peanut gallery wondering. All right. Anyways, to wrap up, kind of a shorter episode, but, you know. Yeah, we, uh, whoa. Oh, yeah. We are, dude. I thought we had, I forgot that we had more news. We also have more transaction talk, my friend. Oh. Look at the outline. Oh, whoops. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you can't get rid of us that quick. Actually, you can. You can click off. But we're suggesting you don't. No, because don't this do is that. why Olivia runs the show around here. I do. Kind of. I would say yeah. you run the show. It's a joint effort. And we give it our best shot. Right. Moving along. <laughs> If it was up to me, I probably would have ended it on accident like four times already and then been like, oh, wait, I forgot. Like, I just <laughs> forgot to look down at my outline. Right. That wouldn't be nearly as detailed because I put elbow grease into these outlines every episode. My outlines would be like eight bullet points. Right. Mine are very, arguably too detailed. But again, moving along. Then again, Olivia doesn't really have that many friends, so she has a lot of time. <laughs> Oh my god. It's so true, but also so hurtful to come out like that. Alright. What the hell is wrong with Moving you? Moving on. <laughs> you okay? Is that a laugh or a cry? It's a laugh, but... You got a, I, you got a tear? I cried about it the other day. No, I'm just kidding. I don't cry. Moving along. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Anyways... Big big time third baseman potentially on the move. The Dodgers have been wanting a trade for Nolan Arenado. Do you think with this news the Brewers see that as an opportunity to snag an elite corner infielder? I just don't know if it'll happen. No, it definitely won't, but it's fun to think about. Right. I'm curious because this is more your realm. Mm -hmm. How much do you think well, I feel like you're like you're more into, like, the rumory 
like transaction talks where I'm into the boring Rule Five draft talks. That's true. As we've seen and Nolan Arenado. This episode. Nolan Arenado is one of my favorite players in the league. That's not on the Brewers. There you go. How I'm just curious to think, just to put it out there, how much do you think we'd have to give up for Nolan Arenado? I Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado is probably a top three player in the league, top at least top five, right? Perennial, mm-hmm. perennial Gold Glove winner, Silver Slugger. He's the only reason why he doesn't win MVPs is because like one player just always has a little bit better of a season, but Arenado's always like two or three in the running. Right. Arenado's at least getting, at least getting a top five prospect. You, he has to. I mean, he's an MVP candidate, and we're you have to give up. Like if we're the Brewers, we're giving up an elite. We'd be giving up an elite infielder for him, probably an elite pitcher, probably two players that are starters for us, maybe not starters, but like MLB-ready players, and then probably just like another pitcher or something. Yeah, that sounds good. But I think he's getting, I think if you're the Rockies, you're getting, say we're talking Brewers, you're getting three bona fide starting players and then two of our top ten prospects. Yeah, that sounds about Which, right. I don't think it's an overpay, but it's definitely like it's it's a price to pay, but you're also getting a player that's an all-star every single year, is a gold glover every year, and is a MVP candidate every year. So Hold on. Now I'm just curious because I've I've had way too much time to actually think about this as a possibility. I'm wondering how much is left on his contract. Oh, I think because that shows a I lot. I think he just signed like an eight-year deal not that long ago, like two years ago maybe. Did he? I don't know. I think he's got a long deal, so we'd have him for a while. Oh yeah, he is. So he's a free agent in twenty twenty-seven. Yeah, so I mean, you'd be giving up the house, but you're getting a player for the rest of his career. Right, and currently he is twenty-nine year- years old, seven months and five days. Okay, so twenty-nine. So essentially. <laughs> I don't know what three, four years left of elite play, right? But you know, you pair that with a Christian Yelich who kind of has the same time frame. You know, yeah. that's beautiful. You know, you get Christian Yelich in the three hole, Arenado in the four hole. I mean, there really would not be a better duo than that. I mean, you're absolutely right. Do I think it's realistic? No, no, but it's because I think forever the Dodgers would outbid us. I. Yeah, they definitely have a better prospect pool. That, and I feel like they're historically, like, more desperate for guys like that in a sense of, like, how much they have given up for certain players throughout the years has been astronomically more than the Brewers would ever do. Yeah. But would you would you want to give all that up for Arenado? I just, I'm hesitant just because I'm more on, like, the, I guess, like, the conservative end when you're talking about, like, how much players to give up and stuff. because, well, like... I, like, when we traded for Christian Yelich and gave away, what was it, four prospects, I was like, oh my gosh, we're giving away a lot, and then, like, Christian Yelich had, you know... Yeah. You, you saw, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just... I mean, it would definitely be cool to see. It would just be dependent, I think. Well, think, all right, I'll um, put names out there. It, so if we give up, like, it, a, you know, you give up Bryce Terang or Garrett Mitchell, 
I don't whichever one they'd probably rather have Garrett Mitchell, honestly. Probably. But you know, you give up a Garrett Mitchell and Ethan Small and Antoine Kelly, and then you know from the MLB team you give up like a I don't know like a Lorenzo Cain, a Arcia, you know, and a pitcher I can't think of right now, but you know like Eric Lauer or some shit. Like, is that uh, would you think? Sorry, would that be would that be like an okay trade for you? No. See. What I'm in, how likely this is to happen to go through the whole offseason without trading, you know, pitching prospects, I think is very slim. But if there is one thing the Brewers have is really, really, really great potential from the starting pitching perspective. Obviously, we've seen it with guys like Brandon Woodruff coming up, Corbin Burns coming up. Like if there is our, our minor league system may be trash to some people. I think it's still good, but that's me. But if there's one thing we do have is very good pitching potential, and I would find it very, 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 very difficult to part with guys like that. Like, very difficult. Okay. I mean, that personal opinion. <laughs> I, I just don't want to give up our pitchers just because, again, you look at a team like the Brewers, we don't have necessarily the funds to be spending millions of dollars in free agency for starting pitching. So you have to develop it. And right now we're on a pretty good run of developing What pitchers. if we got with Arenado and then we give up that package I just said and then we got like another pitcher in return? Like a younger pitcher, maybe not like a prospect, but just a younger pitcher. I don't know. I still I still love Ethan Oh, Smith. here I you go love, again. It's not like you, I still love Eric Lauer. You didn't learn like, from the Yelich thing. But like my thing though is like we traded for these guys for – we drafted Ethan Smalls for a reason. We traded for Eric Lauer for a reason. Yeah, to have like a like 6-2 ERA. Yeah, but the Brewers see something in them that is irreplaceable. Right. That's I, why I, I, that's why I don't you know. I think sometimes players. you hold these guys a little too high. Like they still are prospects that most of the time prospects don't pan out the way you want them to. Right, but I'm always under the belief and, you know, maybe this is my fault. And I don't like to diss players that much because we never hear, like, the club side of the story. Like, we never hear David Stern saying, this is why we kept this guy around. This is what we saw in him. This is what, right? So, like, it's only us speculating. And I know with how smart David Stern's in our front office has been within the last couple of years, I know there's a reason of why these players are there where they're at right now. And so that's why I don't really like to diss them because – we have a very smart front office who knows what the hell they're doing. Well, sure, but you are getting a Hall of Fame player. Right. So, I mean... I don't know. It is a give and take. Like, is your team a win-now team, or are you looking to win in three, four years? Because that's kind of... The Brewers, I feel like, are in a situation where they're kind of in between. They have to pick one, and a move like this would show that they want to win now, but... You know, you do have Christian Yelich, and you are paying him a lot of money right now for what he can do in these next four years. I think your window is now. I would agree. Yeah, the window is definitely four or five years. We got to do something. We got to make a move. But, I mean, is Nolan Arenado on the move? Who knows? Most likely not, but it's fun to think about. It is fun to think about. Great hypothetical. Last thing on the transaction news, Ryan Braun, free agent Ryan Braun. Yeah, he's had... That's crazy to think about. He has a potential suitor. 
in the Texas Rangers. Honestly, I just put this on here because I was scrolling through a Bleacher Report article and they were like, potential suitors for Ryan Braun and the Rangers showed up. And I was like, this seems odd, but I'm going to put it on here for kicks and giggles. And here we are. Imagine, imagine seeing him in a he Rangers. He would never. You don't think? He would never. Oh my, no. You think he'd just stay retired? Or, well, or he I would think retire? The only, the only two teams he would resign with is obviously yours truly, the Brewers, duh, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The only two teams. And do the Dodgers want them? I, <laughs> I, I doubt it. The Cubs? He would never. Like, that's my thing. Is like, even, because even when he did the no trade clause, when that was all reset a couple years ago, he was like, yeah, the only other team is the Dodgers. Oh, really? Because hometown team. Yeah. So his only trade that he wouldn't have to veto would be to the Dodgers. I would say, like, you know, if the Rangers pay him enough, but he's already made just an ass load of money throughout his career. Like, you really think money is what he's looking for at this point? No, he's looking to stay one more year in the show before he has to hang up his cleats. You think he still wants one more year? I don't know. I would I would really hope so, considering, like, this year was so weird where it wasn't a full... That, and I feel like, you know, with the whole no fans, the whole no fans in the playoffs, I would like to think logically that he would miss that and he'd want to go out in a season where it is normal. I agree. And I feel like, you know, that was obviously missing this year, so I would like to think that he would want to play another year. But then again, I've talked about this before, with his kids and the new kid, you know, does he want to miss another first steps does he want to miss another first words like how much is that worth you know yeah especially i mean he's getting older 37 and his body has broken down like we've seen it break down oh yeah but hey yeah he's he's made a total in his career do you want to guess how much money he's made Hmm. i'll probably go do you have the number yeah i have it up it's on baseball reference for like a career total I'd go probably. I'll go like three, three fifty mil. No, not that much. Oh, okay. Good, glad. Because he didn't, he didn't make over ten mil a season until twenty fourteen. Right. Because I wonder when he signed his first contract. It was right after the MVP. Yep. So that was. But it didn't right before he would have been eligible for arbitration. Yep. Okay. 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 Things are things are. Com- yep. Just give me the number, bro. Hundred forty point five mil. Oh, I was way off. <laughs> I could I could retire with that. Easily. I mean, I could retire. I don't know. From twenty sixteen through twenty eighteen, he made sixty mil. Yeah, he made a lot of money the last couple of years. Yeah, he definitely backloaded that contract. Oh, and it was smart on his end and his agent's Oh, here it is. Like, here's how he backloaded it. So from 2013 to 2015, he made 8, 10, 13. And then just within the past 2, 3, 4, 5, <laughs> he made 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 19, and 17. Yeah. So he made more money out of his prime than in his prime. So that seems like just a backload. Well, and too, you saw this with Christian Yelich's new contract, too, is how the Brewers do their contracts is they, because right now Christian Yelich is backloaded the same as Ryan Braun just because 
we can pretty much push off as much money. Like he could, Christian Elledge could be still getting paid when he's 80 years old from the Brewers with how we have his contract set up. Because we basically said like, we're going to give you this money, but when we get it to you is undetermined just because of the financial situation that the Brewers are in. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's, I think I, I would have to look at it deeper, but I think that's a similar way of how Ryan Bronze was set up where it's like, we're going to give you this money when you're going to get it and how you're going to get it is going to be to be determined, but you're going to get it. All right. And finally, a little bit of news around the league. A little bit of quick news. Theo Epstein, Cubs GM, has stepped down. And reportedly going to take a year off and reassess his options, but one of the best GMs in the league has stepped down. Yeah, and this comes after, I mean, the Cubs they've been, I think they've been kind of in the same situation that the Brewers have been in. I feel like the last year or two where they're like, I I don't think the Brewers have been in this situation. I think from outsiders it's looked like, but it's like, are we going to rebuild? Are we going to compete? Like they're kind of in that awkward middle stage. And so this comes after the Cubs kind of hinted towards a heavy set rebuild. And I don't think Theo Epstein agreed. So he was like, I'm just going to leave. I want to win now. I think we can win now. And their ownership was like, mm, yeah, no. And so Theo was like, okay, see ya. Well, Theo's brought two teams back from the dead. So he definitely has that reputation to do whatever he wants. Right. And he has, yeah, I would give him full control over a team to For take sure. him back. And apparently he has eyes on the Padres. Next I don't thing know if news, that's true or not. Next thing in news, Robinson Cano. Suspended for the entire next season for testing positive once again for PEDs. Way to go, Robinson Cano. Woo! At a boy, Stanzazol or whatever you get tested. Stan, Stanzazol, Stanzazol. Good job, Robbie. Yep. If anybody knows what that is, please let us know. And any doctors in the house would love to. Finally, the last thing we're gonna talk about is Kim. I'm not gonna pronounce tried to pronounce her last name because it's just spelled yeah, NG. Yeah. She's hired as the first female GM by the Miami Marlins, which is really awesome to see. The league, you know, a probably historically traditional league is starting to progress forward. Kind of love to see that. You love to see it, man. Anyways, I think that's all we got for today, right? Is that it now? Yep, that that's all we got. That's the bottom of the page. Alright, we will <laughs> uh we will see you guys in another couple weeks. Uh, we like to record, you know, we're not really on a schedule, but we just like to record whenever there's enough news to kind of fill up an episode, so. Yep, make sure you follow us on our Twitter account, at Bernie's Bums. I've been, we've been trying to do our best. It's been, it's been a weird off season so far, so we've been doing our best. Uh, so make sure you check us out on there. Also, Home Sweet Ballpark, uh, for 15% off there, use code Bernie's Bums 15 uh, once again, Home Sweet Ballpark for 15% off. Bernie's Bums, 15. Go f- subscribe. Go rate the podcast. Share it. All those things help us. Um, yeah, and we are just we're just out here plugging away. We're right in the way. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week or in two weeks. Have a or good three. one. Or we don't really know. Nope. Have a good one. Have a good one.